Life's getting crazy long. Who knows, by this time I may have had it cut, but it's very unlikely. I haven't had a head coat or a beard trim since February 2020. Right now it's April 2021. Which explains why I've gradually been getting fluffier. Throughout all these podcasts, I've just been gradually getting fluffier and fluffier and fluffier. And, you know, I don't know. I don't. don't, I'm in no rush to get my hair cut. Weird way to start this podcast. So, kids, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm in no rush to get my hair cut. I think there was a weird moment where we went into the pandemic. And, um, you know, we dived into the, the world, which we know is today, post-COVID-19, or, or pre-COVID-19. No, during COVID-19, that's where we are. We're not post or pre at the moment, we're, we're during. We're, there's no, there's no, presently, presently, I was going to say there's no word which begins with P for it, so I couldn't alliterate, but presently COVID. Um, sound like suddenly Seymour, but much more depressing. <laughs> we, we, you know, there was a, a, a dive in. People really went in on their hair and their facial and everything. They just, you know, I know I knew guys who first week of lockdown, like we, we, we started working from home and first week from lockdown, they shaved their heads. Like, and these guys with short hair anyway. And I'm sat there like, what, what are you doing? Are you that worried? Like, you, you that worried that this is going to be a thing? And they full on just like, no, and gone. Gone. Everybody looking like eggs. It just, it blows my mind. I decided to go the completely opposite direction. I decided to just gradually get fluffier until eventually I look like Robin Williams and Jumanji. And it's not that I'm aiming for that costume. But I'm not against it. So, you know, Halloween... 2021 if there's any any costume parties going on hit me up maybe i can get a little uh what year is this action going on and we can we can really get down into the jumanji of the situation uh to discuss you know i don't know whatever whatever's going on jumanji, jumanji holds up by the way but i realize this podcast has, has had no point we're about a few minutes in but we're already just completely absolutely rambling but why did I mention it? One, because I was playing with my hair at the very beginning of the episode. But also, it means that it's been a year since I released a book. You know, it's been a year since I put out into the world Potatropy, which is my uh, Potato Boy graphic novel. And I'm not going to say that it was the harbinger of the apocalypse, but, you know, historically, perhaps I shouldn't put gra- graphic novels out into the world because I had a live event, first live event I've ever hosted, and I put out a graphic novel, and then a month later, we were all in a pandemic. Now, the correlation data does suggest that I am the problem, but I also feel like other things happened in that February, which maybe we're just kind of ignoring, and we shouldn't be focused on the fact that, yeah, like, I didn't eat the bat, is what I'm saying, right? I didn't eat a bat. I don't think I need to to kind of (laughs) reason or say what happened there. Um, we, we, it was just a thing. But back to the point. We, I released this book. And I had the book reviewed by a few people. Um, I, 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 in a way, I didn't know what to do with it once I had it. I knew I wanted to make it, and I knew what I wanted it to be. But like with anything I create, I don't really know how to push it out to the wider world because I've, I've, I don't know who wants to read it. Because in my head, 
despite having lovely viewers and listeners like yourselves, <clears throat> in my head, I'm like, who who the hell's going to listen to me? And yet I keep going. I still keep creating content as we covered in um, There Is No Timeline, previous podcast, episode 150. Now, I just keep kind of kind of making things. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. didn't really know what I wanted to have it. So I, I gave it to a couple of people, a couple of um, bookstagram folk who reviewed it and they loved it. And then I gave it to... Um, a book reviewer website and they reviewed it and I got a mix I got a mix of kind of feedback from it and I thought that was great because it was really interesting to see how different mediums interpreted it you know the, the bookstagram people a couple of them are my friends so they're very much invested in me as an artist as well as potato boy as a product and, and potato p as a product and whereas the other people were just you know, strangers essentially, strangers approaching the work from very first glance, and that was the one I was more interested in, just to see how the wider world reacts to you shoving a graphic novel out there, which is all about a potato and the the potatoy life that they live, um, <laughs> as it were. If you don't know, yeah, that, that's what that book's all about. Actually, it's all about the origins of Potato Boy and why <laughs> Potato Boy kind of came to be and and the ideas which formed him, but. It was interesting because there was a line in the review which really stuck with me, and it really stuck to me like like tar, you know. It sat so oddly with me that it, I essentially ignored all the good things in the review for, for a brief moment. You know, it was a couple of, couple of days before discussing it with a friend, and they were talking through it, and I mentioned all these things, and they're like, well, what did they say was good about it? And I was like, oh, yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just glossed over that part because they mentioned this one line and it really stuck. Um, but they mentioned that there was no real point to Patatropy. You know, there wasn't a, a particular story arc. There wasn't anything like that which made it essentially kind of useless as a as a book, as a product, as an idea. And it's not the first time I've had that comment about my work. And what's interesting is that is kind of the point of a lot of the work I do, is not to make a point. A lot of the work I do is based around this idea of generating discussion, much like the podcast. You know, I put out these ideas, and I put out these 20, 30-minute shows, and then I chat with guests on topics, and it's not really even to just make a point or convince you of anything. It's literally just to open the discussion and make you consider the world around you. So when I create artwork and I create illustration and painting and all these kinds of things... I'm never really looking to have the final say. You know, I'm looking more in terms of, ah, oh, well, what what would someone think of this? What what would their reaction be? I, I'm I'm expressing a feeling, and I'm I'm kind of trying to convey it in a way where I, when I look at it, I go, yeah, okay, that is that is what I'm seeing. That is the 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 square frame, the bracket box, everything of what I'm seeing, and that is how it makes me feel. And now I'm curious what the wider world will feel, especially with kind of things like paintings. Um, because they're a little bit more abstract. <clears throat> Illustrations, I want to make sure that I'm getting through what uh, what I was asking, essentially. Every every creation is essentially a question, is, is a way to view it. And that is kind of my point of when I create work. So when it, was, it felt odd to me that this phrase stuck to me with such vigor, in a way. Because it was right there. It was right, you know as a negative from a from a view from a critic point of view and from a review point of view which i found incredibly interesting and then i realized that that it, it correlated with something which i'd read about null point when i got that reviewed by uh, zine reviews 
was that they didn't like that there was this chaos to it. They didn't like that there was this abstraction to it. And they didn't like that, you know, I hadn't really said anything to a point. I hadn't tried to... Essentially, what what my work lacks is a conclusion. I don't... When I write a thesis, these are works, if you class them as a thesis, I don't write a conclusion to them. I don't go down and say, oh, okay, now I've shown you all this information. You know, now I've had a few paragraphs and I've spoken through all of this. Here's the treaty. And I'm going to summarize this all in the last comment. No, 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 no. That's, that's not how I work. That's not how I, I create. And that, that will likely never be how I create. Um... I think essentially all I do is I line up everything I want to line up. I assemble it in a way which takes you on a narrative journey or an artistic journey or a conversational conceptual journey. And I get to the end and I go, okay, you decide. It's almost like choose your own conclusion. (laughs) It's like an adventure novel, but with concept. That's what I that's what I try to do. I try to leave things open ended, at least a little bit, just to allow you to kind of do this. And I realise this 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 discomfort we have within society of just asking open questions. Of raising questions which don't necessarily have an answer. I think this is something which comedians come under fire for a lot of the time. They 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 open up doors and they open, you know, roots and they say things. And they, people come out, it's like, oh, well, this is because you're inferring this, this, and this. And it's like, well, really, in the reality, none of them really made a point. They made a joke, and yeah, you know, some jokes are offensive. And that's, you know, that's a whole different topic in, entirely. But a lot of them just open the door and say, hey, you know, you decide. I'm just laying out. I'm just laying out the information um, to make you aware. That's that's the other side of it. It's just making you aware that this is a thing, and making you you have that little little edge of comfort, so you can say to yourself, "Oh, actually, you know, someone feels like me, or someone has the same idea as me, or yes, they create this work and I connect with it, and and I've not connected with work before. That's interesting to me, and that's that's the whole idea. But there seems to be a problem with just this idea of making blunter points, and by blunt, I don't mean kind of like brute force impact. I mean non-sharp points i mean rounded you know safety knife points safety scissor points these are these are all points which can be made without really damaging the world around you and just laying out and that seems to be a negative to the reviewers it seems to be a negative to critics and i think it falls into the same categorization as when i discussed advertising in episode 150 and how advertisements want to put on this timeline to get you to buy something which is a truth um and i discover it discuss it greater length there but the idea is to create urgency is to create this feeling to create this need of want to get you to go oh hey okay i'm flicking through this magazine cool 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 oh no there's a limited time offer and this could will solve all my problems and if i don't go for it right now i'm, I'm never going to be happy blah, blah 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 and that's the narrative which you have had and i think critics fall into that trap as well to the point where they fail to kind of be objective. I remember, in fact, this this comment goes way back. This comment goes back to uni when I was at uni, and I made uh, I made essentially made an art film, I made an abstract art film, and I presented it to the class and my tutor at the time, and very, just very honestly said, "I don't get it," but I get that I'm not meant to get it. And that really stuck with me. That, like, really, that 
like that honesty i mean me and my tutor never really saw eye to eye but that honesty of you know you don't get it and you know you're not meant to get it that's perfect that's what i'm looking for i just want an audience who are willing to just be confused willing to just further ask questions because you don't get it you don't always get it especially with fine art and that, that's what i try to do when i blend projects is you know something like potatropy potatropy presents itself as a graphic novel but in terms of standard graphic novel you know practice it's it's not you could look at it as a, a collection of single shots you could look at it as the introduction to a story you know you're shown a character and then further down the line you'd expect there to be a story but there is no story because you're just learning about the origin of the character when I create null point, I set large, vague themes and say, hey, give me what you know about this theme. You know, create something, express yourself. Don't worry about the fear because it's all anonymous. Doesn't matter if you think it's good or bad. Even if you think it's bad, definitely send it to me because I want to have a look at it and, and you know, potentially curate it against it. And we can throw that into the world and we can just express ourselves a little bit. And then I give it away for free. And that confuses people because there's no... There's no there's no lines, there's no guidelines, there's nothing to say, hey, this is a thing. But I find it, it's very much, I'm trying to make blunt points. I'm always trying to make blunt points. And in a way, I think it, it builds into this idea that I have in my head. That I think those points make more impact. Right? You remember, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to really go off, off topic in terms of, uh, oh, it's, it's going to take a little time to get back around. So the points which make most impact are blunt, right? Now. I'm, I'm spitballing here in terms of how this works inside my head, but I'm, I'm just kind of forming an idea. So bear with me, bear with me, guys. We're about to get we're about to get a little little closer to maybe some root causes here. So I think when you consider your life and you consider the larger of life, right? And I think this is proven. You you tend to remember negative experiences more than you remember positive experiences. You obviously have very happy memories, but the ones which make a real impact are ones where you experience a negative impact on your life because the way the human brain works, scientists feel free to correct me, <laughs> psychologists as well, the way the human brain works is it, it stores negative memories in a much more prominent area because they protect you, right? Onto something, onto something here. They protect you from the things around you which had a negative impact on your life which is why we develop trauma response, which is why we develop fear, which is why we don't go to see movies, which we thought were bad. Because we have gone, hey, that was a negative experience. I don't want to experience that again. But if you name the top five films which you didn't enjoy in the last year and the top five films you did enjoy, the negative ones are really going to fire back into your head and say, hey, we're here, we're present, we're, we're, kind of, we're right there here for you, don't go see us ever again. Now, <laughs> if you make a sharp point and you make a, a very clear, defined point, right? People are going to experience that in one way or another. They're going to experience it as, yes, I completely agree with that. You know, this person has made a very clarified point. This person has made an idea come to life in the form of a piece of work, and I succinctly agree with it. That's the whole premise of uh, preaching to your own choir. You know, preaching to the people around you. Living into your little echo chamber. Or, they're going to experience it in a completely different way. 
which is they're going to sit there and they go, nope, I do not agree with that, and I am completely unconvinced by the argument, so therefore I am going to ignore it. This is the problem with trying to convince people of anything which you believe in your life. And the challenge you will always face is trying to change someone's opinion, because opinion isn't fact. They base it on that, but it's also based on personal experience. So, that's a very clear point. That's a very clear defined, you know, we're going to fire this arrow I don't know why I'm picturing archery throughout this. I feel like point ultimately conjures these pictures of arrows hitting into targets. Now, so that's a very clear defined arrow, okay? It's very much fired. Robin Hood arrowed his way through, and then someone else will fire back with their own. Boom, straight into the old thing. Maybe even split the arrow, do the crafty little brave Robin Hood trick. Um, that That's the classic, okay? So done it you moved on you've gone right avoid everything done by that person um or embrace everything done by that person which means it's a very one and zero cut and dry response to things which are happening okay now that's negative and that's positive if you were to instead make a vague point which would be more blunt more rounded perhaps using a small stone instead of a piece of metal on the end of your arrow what you're going to do is you're going to fire that into the into the target you're going to fire that out into the world and what you're going to do is you're going to make an impact enough to get attention enough to just make someone go oh, what was that you know a little 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 thud i haven't got anything which makes a good thud a little thud says oh hey what was that wasn't very impactful probably ignore it but it was there and your brain goes on a little high alert and goes oh that person makes impact every so often a person a person sits there and you know once in a while they will fire at the target that's interesting and they will be on the lookout for more of that because you haven't made a, a damaging point you haven't attempted to stab anyone you you haven't done anything like that you've just you just made a little impact you know same with a knock on the door not breaking the door down, just knocking on it once in, once in a while. Knocking on it, saying a little piece, walking away. Firing your arrow, your blunt arrow at the uh, the target. Maybe it bounces off, maybe it doesn't. Maybe you keep firing the arrow. Maybe you keep hitting the same mark every single time. And someone says, oh no, it does, it's not a very effective arrow at all. You know, But the more you do it, the more people will see it along the way. And more people will go, oh. That person does that. Until eventually, same with knocking on a door, eventually, either the target's going to break, the door's going to break, or the person who looks after the target in the door is going to take notice. And I think that, as an artist, is kind of the crux of what I do. I do a lot. I do a lot of things I absolutely deluge content ideas out into the world and I never really think of it in terms of this is going to make a huge impact I think of it more in terms of you know a couple of people are going to like this a couple of people are going to get it a few people might see it along the way and question it and the questioning it is what's going to make stick with them you know the same with anything it's the same with kind of doing my paintings and stuff you know i I never go full abstract i never go full figurative i'm always just in that middle i'm right in the you know right in the crease as it were 
But I think you can make so much more impact with blunt objects than anything else. Even if you consider it in terms of kind of fighting or anything like that. You know, you stab someone. I always seem to come back to stab. But if you if you stab someone up, that's going to make a lot of impact. It's going to make a lot of damage. And yet it's going to be very effective. But at the same time, people are going to take a lot of notice very soon. And they're likely going to try and shut you down. Now, if you got into a fight and you left a bruise, you know, a bit of blunt force, get a bruise, a bruise will heal over time. But people will notice. People will notice that people have been bruised. People will, will take a, take stock of that and go, oh, hmm, well, that's something that's in there. And if you sustain enough bruises, same with anything, same with, same you can apply this theory, this metaphor to anything in life. You know, you want to topple something? Oh. Well, one one drip of water on that little metal strip, that's no that's nothing. That's not going to affect anything. A few years down the line, rust sets in and the thing falls over. You know <laughs> you're chiseling away at a wall. Oh, there's one of you just chiseling away at the wall. The wall seems impenetrable. I'm gonna keep chipping away, I'm gonna keep going and keep making that little little blunt blunt impact. And the way you, if you do it this way as well, you know, those who do want to tear you down struggle to tear you down because they don't know how to handle you. They don't know how to handle you being there and doing what you do. So they react negatively, but it's, it's never, you know, never damning, never enough to stop you, never enough to kind of put an end to you and your work and everything like that. And I don't know if I'm speaking to myself or speaking to you more, but that's just a reality for me. I think, I think work can be more effective sometimes. You know, there is obviously a time and a place for action and, and pushing, but there when you're fighting with blunt objects and you're just trying to just trying to make visible impact once in a while or repetitively you open yourself up to so much more opportunity and as well you get people who are along for the journey i've never been interested in instant fame you know i've never shockingly never been interested in it. and someone said this to me the other day if they felt that my work didn't get the attention they felt it needed and i was like right that's fine but going viral, I have no interest in. If it happens, it happens. I'm interested more in the people who want to come along, recognize the work, see the process, and invest in it. You know, those are the people I want. Those are the people I want to pick up along the way. Those are the people I want to have a journey with, because those are the people who are really going to appreciate it and they're going to stick around. And if you're a fad and you come in and you make a real succinct straight line marketing ploy in i go here i am there's 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 not much value in that because they'll patch the wound you know they'll replace the door and then you have to do it again and it's going to cost you your time effort money everything whereas this this is for me personally more sustainable more sustainable more long-term it's not a short sprint, it's a marathon. Which could end any time, as we've discussed previously. Who knows what the finish line is? Maybe that's the memory I'm trying to make. I just don't think we should be ignoring blunt as a choice of argument, an abstract as a way of presenting an idea. 
because I think long-lasting wise it has a lot more impact but that's just my view let me know what you guys let me know what you guys think I'll talk to you later bye